Marriage is beautiful. It's hard, but it's beautiful. Work can be beautiful, hard, but beautiful. And when you combine marriage and work, those things can be beautiful, but they can also be really, really hard. My guests today recently completed the largest research study on working married couples in the U.S. and spent the last few years interviewing couples who want to stay in love, change the world, and raise a healthy family. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. And this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an incredible person who's trying to make a positive impact not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guests this week are Jeff and Andre Scheinebarger. Jeff is the co-author of Love or Work, Is It Possible to Change the World, Stay in Love, and Raise a Family? And the founder of Plywood People, a nonprofit in Atlanta leading a community of startups doing good. His work has been featured in things like Forbes, Inc., CNN, USA, Weekend, and Huffington Post. He's the co-founder of Q, mentored over 600 startups, and created the largest social entrepreneur event in the South called Plywood Presents. His wife, Andre Scheinebarger, is an adventurer who loves seeing the world. She was born in Bolivia, and she has a deep passion for building community with marginalized people groups. She works for Grady Memorial Hospital in Atlanta as a physician assistant and is adjunct professor for Emory University. She is an advisor to Plywood People, host of the Love or Work podcast, and co-author of the Lover Work book alongside her husband, Jeff. These two are incredible. I have long admired their work through Plywood People and Plywood Presents, and it was just such a joy to have them on the show. You are going to get so much out of this conversation. Whether you are married or single, this is a conversation for everyone. But before I get to my conversation with Andre and Jeff, I gotta ask you a couple questions. First, who doesn't love snail mail? I love me some snail mail, but I'm I'm not talking about junk mail or Amazon Prime packages. I'm talking about good old fashioned special snail mail. You can make this Christmas season special and send a gift through Amazuma. At checkout, what you can do is you can add a personalized message and the Amazuma team will handwrite into any card you choose. Don't let 2020 end on a bad note. Let's send cheer to those we love. Head on over to shopwithmolly.com for a special discount. Now, are you one of my loyal listeners of the podcast? Have you ever wanted to support some business with purpose swag? Well, guess what? You can now get my exclusive do something good with purpose on purpose tea through GoX. The design is incredible, but here's the thing. GoX seeks to do better in everything they do. Better pay for employees, better fabrics made here in the U.S., better quality in their finishes, and better for the planet with recycled materials. They don't believe they have to sacrifice anything in order to care for the hands making their fair trade apparel. Ultimately, their purpose at GoX is to connect you, the consumer, with their makers in Haiti and Kansas City. It's your purchases that sustain fair wage jobs to liberate workers from poverty and empower them in their families and communities. The end product is a shirt 
shirt that feels good and does good. Shop your exclusive business with purpose, sustainable, eco-friendly tea, and more with purpose today at goexapparel.com slash Molly Stillman and use the code podcast20 for 20% off. Now on to my conversation with Andre and Jeff. Andre and Jeff, I am so honored to have you on the show. Welcome to the Business with Purpose podcast. How are you? We're great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's good to be here with you. I So I know that this is not actually how we met, but for my listeners, they are going to laugh at this because for a long time, I mean, you guys are going to be episode 224. And out of probably 224 episodes, I would say 120 of the guests know Bethany Tran. And so it's just, we laugh all the time as to how many people Bethany knows. And then the fact that you guys also know Bethany, I'm just like, for my listeners, and be like, who does Bethany not know? And I, I think the answer is no one. I think Bethany knows every person on planet Earth. How did you guys get connected uh, with Bethany? Yeah, that's a good question. Bethany uh, went through some of our programming early on when she was starting her business. And um, yeah, it was fun to kind of connect with her and see her. It's fun to see her vision come to life. And yeah. we even for a while, um, there's a project that we were involved in in Guatemala that we connected her with. It was my brother-in-law oh, was leading the project. With, was that La, Lima, for a while La Limonada? Yeah, well, that's another one down there. There's two different projects down there, but the other one, my brother-in-law led, and so they collaborated on a bunch of stuff down there. Um, and so anyway, we've had multiple connections, and one time I got Andre her shoes as a gift. So, <laughs> cool. you know. That's a good gift. I benefited. Yeah. yeah, that is a good gift. Um, I love that. Well, I just wanted to bring that up really quick because I, for people that have been listening from the beginning, they're just going to be like, that is insane that Bethany knows literally everyone. Um, but I want to get to know you guys. So um, I was familiar with you first through your work with Plywood People, um, but you guys just released a book. Congratulations. Uh, you birthed a book, baby. <laughs> so, I know. <laughs> and pretty. It is really pretty. It is really pretty. I'm holding it in my hand. It's called Lover Work. Is it possible to change the world, stay in love and raise a healthy family? And I this is just such a message that's so many couples need, uh, especially this year, as there have been a lot of couples that suddenly are working in very close quarters. <laughs> so before we kind of dive into the book and where that all came from and plywood people, I want you guys to give us the Jeff and Andre one on one. So who are you? How did you meet? How did you get to where you are today? Yeah. Um, well, let's see. So uh, I'm Andre and I am a physician assistant and I work in a Grady Health System, which is a big like, kind of underserved hospital system here in Atlanta. And we care about, uh, take care of just poor underserved kind of communities here. And then born in Bolivia, Spanish is my first language. What else? And then we uh, we met in college and then and uh, been married 18 years and have two kids, 10 and 8. Yeah. And, you give your spiel. <laughs> uh, she turned me down for a good six months oh, before I like she played hard to get. Said, yeah, definitely played hard to get. We, um, it was re- worth it. Relationally, uh, if people follow the Enneagram, she, I'm an eight, she's a one. We battle on everything, including fight 10 minutes before we got on the call today. So this is like life for the Shinnebargers. Uh, Tell them what you do. Yeah. And I lead an organization called Plywood People. Plywood is a nonprofit in Atlanta that leads a community of startups doing good. 
and we've worked with over 800 projects. Um, one of those was Bethany's, like you said, but yeah. a bunch of different social enterprises or nonprofits. We help get them off the ground. We have training. And um, for me, my personally, like I love getting involved in these projects and using whatever wisdom that I've been given or experience and mistakes that I've gone through <laughs> or people that I know to connect their projects to get them to grow. Um, and in the midst of this, that's what kind of launched this book was Andre and I, we feel this tension. We've very deeply each care about our work. Yeah. And we saw it throughout all these people in our community there too. And it's hard to maintain it all. So that's yeah. what led to this moment. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. Now for um, just a little bit more about plywood people, because what you do is so unique. And obviously, this is a lot of where my heart lies. I mean, it's why I started a podcast to interview people who run social enterprises and businesses that are changing the world or um, just different type of impact purposeful businesses. And so this is obviously a big, big part of my my heart. And so where did that kind of stem from for you? Where did the idea for it come from? Did you have experience in social enterprise prior to Plywood People? Yeah, I'm, well, I have experience is a funny thing. I have a lot of failures, uh, <laughs> a lot of things that worked, a lot of things that didn't. Um, but early on, Andre and I started this little project called Gift Card Giver, where we collect unused gift cards and give them to people in need. So it's like, you know, holiday season, you get all these gift cards, you use $40 out of a $50 gift card. Well, people started sending these to us from all over the nation. And we would give them to um, just people that we, we had a kind of a, a, it was like a foundation, but it's all in gift cards. It literally yeah. had no real money. Yeah. And because of that, people started connecting me to other people with ideas. And we were through that project, we gave away a few hundred thousand dollars in gift cards, which mm. was crazy. And people started saying, wow, you're, you're the gift card guy. Like, can you give this other person advice on how to get their crazy idea off the ground? And so it started happening over and over and over again. I mean, weekly, I would have multiple emails of someone that I very loosely know connecting me with, with this young, not always young, but usually young entrepreneurial mind that cared about issues of injustice or social issues or you name it. And they had an angle that they want to do it. And, and for some reason, these people thought I could help them just based <laughs> off one project. Yeah. And so then what, from that, those connections, we just had a lot of opportunities and we started bringing those people together with community. And uh, that's how it began. I love that. Where did the name Plywood People come from? Yeah, so I was in transition between uh, a previous job and, and this work, and um, I went to all these different projects all over the world. Andre and I traveled to Rwanda. We went to, I went to the Dominican Republic. We went to Guatemala, Kenya. you know, Kenya. We went to all these different places, even places in the United States, hurricane relief, things yeah. like that. Over the course of one year, I was telling people stories. And every place I went, I saw plywood as a short-term fix to a long-term problem. Mm -hmm. And so, and then I met these people that were giving their lives to stick with this place, you know? And yeah. I just felt like more and more people were going to get into the space where they would see problems and dedicate their lives to addressing it. And so we just started referring to these people as plywood people. I love that. That's such a cool backstory. I'm, I'm very much interested in the kind of, uh, you know, history behind different company brand names and especially in the in the social enterprise industry, there's always a story behind the name. And so I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Okay, so the book, 
love her work. So this was something that obviously was came out of um, a desire that both of you had uh, to kind of share this message. What was the personal journey that you guys went on that kind of led you to write this book? Yeah, I mean, as Jeff said, we work with a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people starting businesses. And I mean, you know what that's like. It's hustle. It is a lot, a lot of work. And in that, we just saw a lot of relationships falling apart, Mm -hmm. a lot of families not making it, uh, just a lot of just difficulty with relationships in the midst of it. And, And it's hard. I get it. You just are in grind mode and hustle mode for a really long time. And so, um, I think we just kept having meetings with people thinking that we were going in to have a business meeting and talk about their project. And then it ended up, you know, crying and it's a counseling session about yeah. their, you know, marriage or their boyfriend or, you know, not remembering the last time they had a date night and, you know, and so it kept happening over and over. And we just saw that need in the community that we just thought, you know, let's see if, uh, other people are having the same struggle. You know, we feel it. Um, and so it just led us to just being curious and start asking the question, like, is it possible to really do it all? Or are we just kind of coming up with some like idealistic thing in our, in our brain, you know? Yeah. Like when you look at some of the historical leaders, we count as heroes, like heroes in the, in this space, most of them had pretty rough family lives. Like it was mm. somebody took a hit because they pursued this heroic thing. Yeah. And so we were like, man, maybe, maybe we can't do this. Maybe. May, and anyway, so we started just asking people this and question. Interviewing, and interviewing, yeah. 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 That's yeah. You know, and it's interesting that this came out this year because I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, and this is not a conversation about the pandemic, but I just, I think it is timely and kind of fits in with what we're talking about because I remember at the at the beginning, I, my husband and I were saying, I was like, I bet you at the end of this, we're going to see a surge in divorces and a surge in babies. Like it's going to be one or the other. Like you're because it's probably both. both. It's both. Yeah. Yeah, both. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you're right. There are a lot of couples that are struggling. Um, and especially when you bring kids into the mix and you bring virtual school and you bring just all of these different factors, it's it can be it's incredibly stress inducing. My husband's a financial advisor and you you would just like when he gets couples in his office he's like half the time I feel like I'm a marriage counselor because <laughs> like especially when it comes to finances and sometimes he's like I, sometimes I just have to sit back and like let the two of them duke it out because he's like I am not going to get involved in this but he's like sometimes I'm witness to incredibly personal conversations. So, you know, obviously you have your Lover Work podcast, and this is something that you guys started really talking a lot about. What are some of the things that you have seen kind of come out of beginning to talk about this message and to really focus on or help couples focus on their marriage and and show them that like you can have an amazing, strong marriage and you can have a great career, and you can have a great family. This is, it's not an either or situation. Yeah. I mean, we've interviewed over a hundred couples on our podcast. And then we also did a research project and basically surveyed 1500 couples, both working couples too. So we really wanted to have a really broad 
point of view and perspective so that we could gain a lot of information, Um, not just subjectively through our interviews, but more objectively through data. And so, yeah, there's been a lot of common themes, but I think, you know, for me, honestly, personally, you know, I really did not want to have kids. I was pushing kids for as long as possible because in my mind, I just thought that I would never be able to pursue a career mm. and like move up in a career if I had kids too. Yeah. And, and our data showed that, you know, 83% of couples say that working has made them better parents. Mm. And to me, that was just so encouraging because, you know, before I had kids, I was like, it's just not, you can't do it. I'm not going to be a good mom and actually have a career. I got to figure that I have to choose. Mm -hmm. And now I think that that shows that you really don't have to choose and that you can still work and be a good parent. Yeah. Um, And as a woman who, you know, I think a lot of women feel a lot of guilt if they're working, um, feel like they're away from their kids, you know, all those things. Yes, we all feel it. And um, that just little data point just gave me so much encouragement to know that that's not really necessarily true. You know, you can let go a lot of that guilt. Yeah. And I mean, the truth is, this is how we want to operate as a modern couple. We care very, I care very deeply about Andre's purpose Mm. and vice versa. Now, have I messed that up? Many, many, many times and prioritize my own purpose over hers daily, right? Mm-hmm. But that's one of the tension points that we learned in the research is only three in 10 people feel encouraged by their partner to pursue their work and dreams. Mm. Only three in 10. And so like that, I think when we started digging into this, it was like, okay, that is a core issue that should be a marriage issue. This isn't, I've never read this in any book that you should be in support of your partner's purpose. Mm. I've never, that's not been a topic brought up in any marriage book before. Yeah. But if I don't value her purpose, I don't value her, you mm. know? So anyway, we, we've dug and learned a lot throughout that, throughout that research about that stuff. Well, I really appreciate you kind of sharing that because, well, one, I love research and data. I just, I can nerd out on that stuff all day long. <laughs> um, But this has been, I'll just say, like, personally, this has been a big tension for me, especially in the last seven months, eight months. Because once, I mean, when, you know, when lockdown hit, all of a sudden, I'm now, the the time that I had to work was when my kids were at school. And now they're home. And now all of a sudden, I'm homeschooling. And I'm, you know, we can't go out to restaurants. And so I'm cooking three meals and I feel like I'm cleaning the house 84 times a day. And then there's like always somehow dirty clothes at like, why do children keep wearing clothes? I don't know, but they're always dirty. Like there's just so much laundry. And, you know, I just felt this tension of I I can't work because I have all this other stuff. And if I did work, then I felt like I was sacrificing or I was being selfish because then my family was being neglected <laughs> or something like just it, these lies that I began to feed myself. And so gradually, I've over the last seven to eight months, I've really had to start to kind of let go of that. And, you know, like just this week um, on Wednesdays, my so my son does he's in preschool. He does go to school in person. They've got it's just a short you know preschool day. And so But on Wednesdays, my daughter only has like a morning meeting and then it's basically flex time the rest of the day. It's like the one day that she's not on Zoom. 
And so I decided, I was like, you know what? We're having an impromptu mother-daughter date. And so we went and got pedicures. We went to get lunch. Like we went to a park and then we got home and I, my entire morning, you know, I spent with her, which I was amazing. But then that afternoon, I like I had to get some work done. And so, but she was then like, well, mom, I want to hang out with you more the rest of the day. And I was like, honey, <laughs> I, and like, and then I started feeling really guilty. And I was like, no, I spent four one-on-one hours with her this morning. Like, it's not that I'm like counting, but I have to get some work done. So it was just like, honey, I yeah. love you, but I also love my job and I want to keep it. So in order to do that, I'm going to need to answer these emails. Um, So yeah, I really appreciate that because I, it it is a tension that I think a lot of women, especially men do too, but women more often than not feel of that they, they have to choose that they can't Mm -hmm. do both. And that if they are working while their kids are running around, then they're somehow a bad parent. Yeah. 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 That's real. I mean, with the pandemic too, I mean, women are four times more than men coming out of, you know, falling out of the workforce and staying home and all of that. So like, we get it. I mean, the book we did not know would come out during the pandemic. Yeah. Unexpected. But the fact that it has, I think is um, a great resource for people. And I think our goal, I mean, our big goal in this is that you know, I know we're together all the time during this COVID season and we're always around each other and everybody's in the house and it's a lot of together, but that doesn't necessarily mean there's a lot of connection. Mm. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're seeing each other's hearts and we're getting to the heart issues with each other. Yeah. Um, It means that, you know, we're cleaning and laundry and blah, 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 and all that, but it doesn't mean that our hearts are connecting. And so I think this book, like our goal is that it helps you connect um, heart-wise more and get deeper into issues of work and love Mm -hmm. and kids. And, you know, there's a lot of questions at the end that we want you to talk about with your partner. And so our goal is that this actually just connects people more. I mean, even you were talking about, when was the last time you bought a book that will help you and your partner? Mm. When was the last time that happened? That you really actually in any way invested in your relationship. Yeah. And like you invest a ton in kids toys. Right. But like. Or your kids sports <laughs> or your kids activities or, you know, we invest so much in these other ways that that main person, that person that's supposed to be your like one person, your safe place, mm. your spot you're not, we're not investing in and we're not investing in that part. And so, Hey, I want to say something to you, Molly. Yeah. I think the story you just shared is probably the story of everyone listening. Yeah. (laughs) Like every (laughs) single person heard that and was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I had that thought yesterday and the day before and the day before. Yeah. While you're crying in the bathroom on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, one of the things that was really interesting that we found in talking to all these people is like, especially to women, the reason why so many women take pride in their work is because they want to paint a picture for their daughters Mm -hmm. that is a new path forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the men that are connected to these women through long-term commitments, they want the same thing. They want their daughters 
to see a different image of what their mother is. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. I think you making those choices are not easy today. And I'm not saying everyone, every woman has to work. I'm not saying every man has to work. That's not, but your choices are painting a new picture for these children of what their possibilities could be. That's a beautiful picture. Yeah. You know, and I, I appreciate you saying that because I think, I mean, my mom passed away when I was a senior in high school, but my mom is somebody who has by far had the greatest influence on my life. And my mom was a writer. She, um, but she, she bucked a lot of uh, female trends in general. She served in Vietnam. And uh, when she came home from Vietnam, I mean, obviously out of all the hundreds of thousands of people that served in Vietnam, only 11,000 were women. So she was a very small percentage of women that served in the military, especially during that time. And when she came home, you know, women were just especially women veterans in a very unpopular war were just not given the respect and things that they that most veterans are today. And so she wrote um, a memoir called Home Before Morning. That was a um, her her nonfiction account of of war. And it was actually the first female perspective of war that was um, published in a a nonfiction perspective of war. And so I remember growing up like she would she was heavily involved in um, the Vietnam Veterans um, Association and the VA. And she would travel and speak and teach at schools and I remember that about her and that being a big passion, but I never thought that she was a bad mom and that she was like neglecting me. In fact, she took me to a lot of those events. And um, <laughs> it's funny, like, and also my dad, who was a very like traditional, I mean, both my parents were born in the 40s. Like they were one of five, like Catholic, you know, it's just very yeah. traditional households. And my dad was so supportive. And it's funny because my mom used her maiden name when she was in anything that was like public facing because that was what she she wrote her book under. And so my dad would literally wrote, write like Mr. Vandevanner, like which is my mom's maiden name. So like, or like Mr. Linda, like he just, yeah. you know, and so yeah. to see that dynamic. Yeah, exactly. Like to see that dynamic of my dad fully supporting my mom's pursuits and and to see her pursue her passion and um, left a big impression on me. And yet there is still that tension that I struggle because because that is so outside the cultural norm still in 2020 that is still there's all this messaging that that is contradictory to that to this day which is crazy Yeah. yeah and I think you know with my kids too and with what I do I think the other thing with working that it does for your kids is it takes their brain outside of just right here Mm -hmm. like Like when I leave for work and they're like, no, mom, don't leave, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, clinging to my legs and all of that. Like I I really want to stop and just, and I do stop and say, where am I going today? What am I going to do? What is my work? And they're like, you're going to help people when they're sick. Like, Mm -hmm. yes. Do you know how many hundreds of people out there are very sick? That's what I'm doing, you know? And so I think it's important that kids see a bigger worldview, you know, Mm. like for you, you could see this whole veteran world that you didn't even know about, you know? And so I think it's, yeah, whatever you do, it's important for kids to see that it's outside of this like immediate little safe bubble of home. 
because there are hurting people and there are bigger needs and it's a bigger world Mm. out there. I'm going to take a quick break from my conversation with Andre and Jeff to thank the partners of this show. When it comes to gift giving, I'm not perfect, but I do my best to give gifts that my friends and family will love as well as empowers the person who made that item. Today's sponsor makes it easy. The Lemonade Boutique stocks fun and meaningful gifts that also give back. Every purchase empowers the artisan who made it to take life's lemons and make lemonade. Shop at thelemonadeboutique.com and listeners of the Business with Purpose podcast can save 15% by using the code PURPOSE15 at checkout. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a couple people on my list that every holiday season, they are just the people on my list that I, I don't know what to get them. They kind of, they, they have everything. And so I'm looking for a really special or unique gift to get them. And one of our partners of the show, Simple Switch, is my new go-to place for those unique gift items. And I actually have the founder, Rachel Coyce, who is no stranger to the show. You've heard from her hers. She's been a guest on this show. She's here with me to kind of share some of the really unique gifts that Simple Switch has for you this holiday season. Take it away, Rachel. Hey, Molly. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I also love that about Simple Switch. Being the owner, it also helps me get the gifts from people on my list. But we have a couple favorites this year. One is that we just got um, a new wine company and a new chocolate company. So for those people who have everything, you can never have too many treats. And I think that is a really great way to treat people this year. Another one is we have some um, engravable items. And so maybe they have everything, but they might not have something with their name engraved into a beautiful wooden, whether that be cufflinks, journal, flask. So yeah, there's a lot of fun options. We've grown a ton this year. So if you came and shopped with us last year, this year is going to be even better. I mean, what person in your life would not want to be gifted some chocolate or wine or something that is really personal and very meaningful? These are just incredible gifts. And there are over 3000 products that you can get at simpleswitch.org. So simply go to simpleswitch.org and use the coupon code Purchase with purpose for 20% off your order. So you're not only doing good in the world, but you're also saving money. So go to simpleswitch.org, use that coupon code purchase with purpose for 20% off. Now back to my conversation with Andre and Jeff. Now, um, you know, kind of, this is kind of a continuation of what we were talking about is just how the book really addresses sort of this conversation of today in households and relationships and how a lot of things have changed in, you know, the last few years. But, you know, what do you, what did this really look like 10 years ago, 20 years ago? And where do you think it's going to look? What do you think it's going to look like 10 years from now? And maybe how has the pandemic kind of played into that? Mm. Well, I will say every every person that reads it or is listening right now has a different story, just like you have a different story. Your family yeah. of origin. Yeah. I I can't overgeneralize that in any way. I will say this. We are, you know, we've never said our age on the air before, but we don't need (laughs) (laughs) I will say this. When we were in our 20s, we were in our 20s. That's when I think this movement of social entrepreneurship, this real deep passion for purpose in our work started taking incredible shape Mm -hmm. for all of our lives. And I don't think that's going backwards. Yeah. I think that's only moving forward. And so I feel like 
families of the future are going to look more and more like this. Mm -hmm. They're going to look like two people that care very deeply about their work because it's part of who they are and what they're designed to do and be. And they're going to live out, live that out every day. And that's going to be the example of the family. The question then becomes, how do you maintain this relationship between the two of you? Right. How do you maintain um, trying to raise kids that also understand that tension that you felt, right? Like how, yeah. and, and how, how does everybody sustain and stay healthy in the middle of it? That's the hard part. Um, I, I don't, the question, what was interesting is as we talked to all these people, nobody doubted the question there. It was like I mean, 95% of people think that you can do it. You can change the world, stay in love and raise a healthy family. Yeah. So 95% of participants think that. But they're but, all exhausted doing it. Yeah. They're all tired. They're all exhausted. Nobody's exercising. Nobody goes to counseling. Uh, they don't take vacations. 60% of the people don't take vacations. It just goes on and on and on. So it's like, yes, but you're then emotionally, physically, mm. spiritually, all of that in an unhealthy state. Mm. So I think, you know, we're trying to kind of talk about like, okay, maybe there's some ways practically of how you can do it, but in a healthier way. So, yeah. Now, what do you think? What do you, what do you think? <laughs> do you think this is all good? Is, is this the direction we're headed? Is the world just everything changed all of a sudden? Well, I, well, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, in, in terms of family dynamic, I definitely think we're seeing a change. And I think too, because we are seeing a massive, massive shift to people working from home because of the pandemic, all of a sudden, all these businesses realized, oh, we actually can work remotely. And that's going to save us a ton of money because we don't have to pay rent for a business or we don't have to, or, you know, for like an office. I mean, my husband definitely found that. I mean, he had working in his office, there were anywhere from, you know, six to eight people at a time working in his office. They now almost entirely all work remotely. And so he's actually in this position where he's like, well, I still need an office because he meets with clients and he doesn't want to bring clients to the house. So he needs a place to meet, but he doesn't need this like giant office so he's trying to find a smaller office. And so I think you're going to start to see that more and more and more. And I mean, I think of a ton of my friends who used to work from offices and now they all work from home. And so there's this massive shift that I think we're going to continue to see to people working from home. And then because of that, that gives couples and, and families more flexibility to be able to be home with their kids. And I mean, like you were saying, um, Andre, about how, you know, so many women during this time have been leaving the workforce. And I mean, I can think of off the top of my head, five of my friends who have had to either quit or downsize their jobs in order to be home with their kids and the challenge that that's put on families. But then in some ways, some of my friends have discovered that they love to homeschool and so that they now are homeschooling. And that was something they never considered before. So I think you are going to see this massive shift in dynamic. And in some ways, I think it's going to be really beneficial. And in some ways, it is going to be very, very difficult. And some, um, you know, I had a, a conversation with somebody a couple weeks ago, just about how like, you know, there are a lot of couples that all of a sudden are, you know, again, they're in these close quarters. And they're like, I, I don't know that I actually like this person, <laughs> you know, mm. and that's, that's terrible. Yeah. I'm, really hard. I'm really thankful that um, my husband and I have been married almost nine years um, together, 11 and 10 years. And, 
you know, we we still to this day, like we really like each other. And even after being together all the time, we're just kind of like, oh, this is actually pretty great. Like we get to be around each other all the time. We really, you know, we're the kind of people like if one of us has to travel, I'm like, no, I don't want to be away from you, which is sad and awesome at the same time. (laughs) Well, I mean, sadly, that that's probably not the case for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, with the divorce rates going up now and everything, I think I think actually that so many people have kind of been really good roommates. Yes. Um, yes. 100%. Really good at managing the kids' schedules and managing, you know, you go here, I'll go there. Yep. And you're kind of on this like great roommate scenario together. And and now that there's not a lot of places to go and there's not a lot of, you know, ways to escape or try travel. Um, now it's all kind of building, you know, and the things 100%. that might have never been addressed before are now all bubbling to the surface 100%. in this high pressure cooker scenario right now. So yeah, there used to be a lot of ways where you could mask some of the challenges yep. by retreating the situations, right? Yep. And now, especially this year, everything has come together and you can't mask those things anymore. Yep. And so sometimes that brings out really good, healthy, hard conversations, you know? Yeah. And the question most couples have are they, are they willing to stay on the same team mm. long-term in the midst of this? And that's a hard question for people to ask. I mean, there's for sure people listening that aren't sure where they're mm. at related to that yeah. same team mentality. And um, yeah, so we recommend getting some help. Get some counseling, get some, open that conversation up to really close friends so you can get feedback. See what you're wrong about in this situation and what you're right about in the situation. Yeah. So it it will, it is an interesting year. It's an interesting year to launch a book about all this because everybody's got an opinion. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. Everyone's got attention, you know, but for us, for me, it's brought me closer to Andre doing this project Mm, together. I love that. It's made me see things within her that I didn't value previously. That's really um, encouraging. Yeah. So it's been a fun, fun project to do together. Yeah. And then this is kind of the other thing I was thinking about while while you were talking that kind of goes back to even the question where you're saying, what do you think? You know, and and maybe this is a controversial statement. I don't know. I don't know. Everything I feel like is a controversial (laughs) statement these days. But um, I still to this day and, and more and more convinced than ever that like the nuclear family and like the importance of family is more important than ever. And there's a lot of messaging out there that is like, no, we should, you know, we don't need nuclear families. Now I'm not saying that to like, if you are single and listening that your life is not like, that is not what I am saying at all, at all. I have some amazing friends who are doing amazing things um, in their singleness. And I don't, that is a whole nother conversation. I love you. (laughs) This, please don't hear that. And also this is not to say that, if you're married, that you have to have kids. That is, I'm not saying that either because I have some amazing couple friends who just kids are, are, you know, they're either not able to have kids or they just, they don't feel called to have children and that's okay. And they also like, they love on my kids and they love to hang out with my kids and then they gladly send them back. So bless you, those people. So, but that that's not what I'm saying. But I what I am saying though is just the importance of family and strong marriages and, um, there's so I mean, like, when was the last time you watched a sitcom where there's just a really strong marriage and they're they're not fighting and they're not like, I mean, they fight, but it's not 
like they're not it's not a toxic relationship it's just two people who genuinely love each other and fight for each other and the only one I can really think of is like this is us but even then like there's still struggle there but this is us is so relatable in so many ways but uh, you know I'm so I'm I'm more passionate than ever about just encouraging my friends in their marriages and encouraging my friends to date each other. I mean, during the pandemic, my husband and I instituted at-home date nights, and it's just been so much fun. And we have putt-putted through our house, and we have learned card games, and we have done all these things that you know we would maybe go out and do, but we couldn't, so we did it from home. And so, um, all that to say that it's just it's something that I really very much care about, and I, I really appreciate the message of this book because I think that that really does speak to that. Yeah, the one phrase that we say um, consistently in the midst of this work that we do, because, again, we care very deeply about our work, that if we change the world and we lose our family, mm -hmm. we lose. Yeah. And for us, that means at times we have to say no to our work mm -hmm. and prioritize our kids. And I think that's been kind of a, a reminder for us consistently to check back in, to see how our kids are doing, see how each other are doing. Yeah. And then edit accordingly. Like the editing is yeah. so important. I mm. mean, I think that's the thing that we forget about is that you get to make a new rule if you need a new rule. You get to change what you previously set up that said was previously working last month that is no longer working this month. You get to change that. This is your family. This is your marriage. You guys get to change and readjust and edit accordingly. And I think so many times you're like, well, we said we were going to do this. So, and you're just like forcing this thing through <laughs> that you're like, it's sucking the life out of you, <laughs> but you said you were going to do it. So you got to do it, you know, or whatever right. it is. Yeah. And it can be, it can be little things like just, you know, you know, who picks up the kids or it can be like a lot bigger things of, you know. I choose to stay home and do virtual school with my kids and I'm literally dying inside. You know, whatever it is, you get to edit. You can say at any point, like, hey, I don't know. This just isn't working for me. Like, can mm -hmm. we figure something else out? Can we find another way? Can we talk about options? Like, you can do that. And I think it matters and it will really, like, help your relationship just ebb and flow and grow in whatever way it needs to do. Mm, that's fantastic. Now, this is, uh, I have two questions before we move to the get to know you round. And um, going back to the, the data, data, I don't know, potato, potato. Um, <laughs> you've shared a couple data points. Are there any in particular that really surprised you in your research? Like you guys thought one thing going into it and coming out of it, it was something completely different. Yeah, I mean... I guess I didn't realize that. Uh, so only 8% of couples have ever gone to counseling. That to me was like so low. I, I just, I never thought that it was so low. Mm -hmm. I think maybe 20 or 30, you know, but 8% was crazy to me. And so just along with kind of what you're saying is like that idea of like investing in your relationship and investing in your marriage. And, and even if counseling maybe feels scary or not okay, like even just talking to somebody close and personal to you, you know, that could help you or that's further along in the journey or, you know, buying a book that helps you guys talk through some things, whatever it is. But just that idea that I just, I couldn't believe how 
low that was. A couple of stats that uh, were super practical and kind of funny and sad, depending on how you look at it, <laughs> uh, is that, um, yeah, 31% of couples have a shared calendar. Only 31%. So, okay, shared calendar. I don't know if you have kids yeah, and you're in a committed relationship and you don't have a shared calendar. Guess what? The chances of you staying together long-term is very, very low <laughs> because you're going to fight about things every day because you don't know what each other's doing or where they're yep. going. Right. Yep. On a practical level, if you do nothing else, like open up Google calendar and like share it with your partner, it'll make things better. I promise yes. you. Yes. Uh, so that was a funny one. Do you have a shared calendar? We do. We very okay. much do. And it's color coded. <laughs> no, it's do. It's we it's color coded. I mean, it's not like we put I mean, it's like I have my one that's connected to my email. He has one that is connected to his email, but it's totally. shared so that we can see it. And then we can put things on each other's calendar. So, you know, if I like this morning, because my husband works from home half the time, like he's here. And I was last night, I was like, just so you know, I'm going to have to be in the office at 930 because his desk is right there. So I was like, right. you can either sit there and listen to me interview or you're going to have to go work from downstairs for a little while. <laughs> so, you know, but can you imagine not having a shared account? Yep. How, how would you operate? Right. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So that was a big one. That was super practical. The other is this that 59 um, percent of the people we surveyed do not use all their vacation time. Hmm. 59%. And so in the midst of the exhaustion that it takes to maintain it all, one thing we really harp on is that you have to step away and have times of togetherness, whether yeah. it's just as a couple or as a family. When people are paying you to use your vacation, like use your freaking vacation. Use it. Take a break and enjoy life. Get closer together. Because when you're on vacation, there's all forms of different intimacy that, that emerge that you need, that we need. Yep. To keep going. So those are little little things. I love it. That's very practical, very helpful. Okay. And then my last question before the get to know you round is for you two, um, really, what has been something that has been other than a shared calendar, obviously? <laughs> and um, what is something that has you have implemented in your relationship, maybe even especially this year? Or something that you've learned that has been really helpful or um, has really helped to strengthen your yeah. marriage. Yeah. Um, so we learned this from actually our sex therapist friend, um, but she calls it the 444 principle. Ooh. And basically it's just not sexy, <laughs> oh. but it's still good. I mean, well, it's from your sex therapist. So I was yeah. like, well, let me get to my hey, pen. I mean, there's all kinds. We can add more questions. <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm therapist. just saying this is a, Hey, we can make this a PG 13 episode. It's fine. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> you can definitely have sexy talk if you want to. Um, no, but 444 is just this idea that um, I need four hours of individual time every week. He needs four hours of individual time every week. And then we need four hours together every week. So this is just this idea that like away a time and away a time from each other, away time from all the life right now yeah. that is stuck in our house invigorates you. It makes you excited then when you actually do come back together and have, you know, four hours of together time. So, and that, and that's like intentional together time. That's not like watching Netflix. At mm -hmm. night. So I think that has been super helpful for us, especially when, you know, 
everything was on lockdown and all this kind of stuff is that we still really valued each other, like made each other find ways for each other to get out, to get away, whatever it is, whether that's a walk, whether that's Mm -hmm. like a drive, you know, around the neighborhood and through the drive through to get some coffee, whatever it is, um, just that four hour time uh, throughout the week. And the fact is, is that, you know, you're going to get yours. So it's this great like mutuality that is super helpful and beneficial. So that's been our saving grace. And if, and if you do that, there's a greater chance you'll have sex. Let's <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. it's going to be there. I'm just saying <laughs> I had a friend who is uh, a single friend the other day and she was like, I just need to ask, like, are the stronger marriages this the ones that have sex all the time? And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> that, I mean, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Yes. So uh, hang out together, do it. And then <laughs> I'm just saying. So anyway, sorry, it dad. Sorry if you're listening. Actually, I'm not. <laughs> I have I have children. What do you how do you how do you think they got here? Um, You've had sex. Twice. <laughs> at least <laughs> at least twice. Only uh, twice. <laughs> um, okay this is really a, a super fun conversation I could continue for a very long time um, but now is the very important part of the show where we get to know you just a little bit more even though we clearly have been doing that for the past 40 some minutes okay um, but this is just where I ask some fun lighthearted questions so um, and it can be who you can both answer one of you it's up to you but this first one I thought was perfect for uh, marriage conversation. Um, of all of your pet peeves, which one is the strangest? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I have one. Um, <laughs> you mean related to the other it, person, it, right? Hey, I'm going to let you decide. <laughs> Andre has an amazing ability to never clear the clock on on the microwave. <laughs> So yes. she always she doesn't like the sound of it dinging. So she opens the door before it gets to zero. And so there's always like three seconds left. I'm I like, hate that dinging. I have another I, friend that's like that. And I always pay attention to the clock. On Anyway, so I've had 18 years of not knowing the right time. <laughs> I'll just say that. that is fantastic. Andre, your rebuttal. <laughs> what is mine of yours? I mean, I have none. There's none. Right. There's none. <laughs> Jeff is just perfect. They're not, no, they're just not strange. You know what I mean? They're yeah. just like the total man thing. Like, yeah. when are you ever going to pick your clothes up? When are you ever going to put your socks somewhere? You Actually, know? I know what socks, man. I, I have an amazing ability to start the laundry. Oh, and, and then yeah. I don't transition it to the dryer. Oh. And then he never tells me that he started it until four days later when I go to the wash and there is the smell. The smell of, is the worst. Yes. And then, yeah. Yeah. So he definitely does that all the time. Okay. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Okay. Not strange. I feel like <laughs> I look like, at it as a benefit. Normal. I'm a really great starter. But <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, Okay. If you had to eat the same meal for dinner every night for the rest of your life, what would it be? Rice and beans. Oh, wow. I love it. I grew up on it. I'm from South America. It's literally like in my blood. I could eat rice. Arroz con frijoles. Todos días. Yes. Go ahead. Chicken wings. (laughs) Like a particular flavor or just like 
plain chicken wings. It's actually from a specific place. There's a restaurant. <laughs> there's a there's one in Charleston and one in Atlanta called Monero. It's a Mexican restaurant that makes the best wings you wings. could ever have. Mexican yeah, restaurant. I would, I would choose chicken wings. This is how. Listen, they're getting to know us. We're just trying to say, be an open hey, book here. I like it. I like it. You know. <laughs> okay. Um. What song do you have to sing when it comes on the radio? Wow. Like if it comes on, it's just like a like another part of you takes over and you're just like, I can't I can't help it. All of a sudden you find yourself you singing along. This is funny because <laughs> Andre would always okay. say, like, I sing all the songs and don't know He doesn't know any the words. The words. <laughs> He doesn't. He yes. doesn't know the words. And so it drives me crazy. I'm like, don't sing it if you don't know the words. Um, <laughs> rap. It's some Jay-Z rap. Yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> so know. mine is ridiculous. It's so teeny bopper. Oh, yeah. I love it. It makes, it makes me so happy. This happened just the other day yes, in the car. This is why I'm oh, laughing. Goodness. Call me maybe. By Carly Rae Jensen. Carly yes. Rae. I turn into like my 13 year old self hey and i just met you and this is crazy <laughs> so here's a number oh, yeah she literally it came on the radio the other day and she said this is my jam like <laughs> nobody says that about nobody Carly has said Ray. that song in a long time is she the same one that did the friday friday gotta get down on friday oh, looking for the I weekend we I don't know. I don't listen to anything else except for that one oh song because it makes me so happy. That is fantastic. Um, sadly, the the only version that I have heard of Carly Rae Jensen's Call Me Maybe in a very long time is the Kids Bop version, which is even worse somehow. Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't do Kids Bop. I can only do hers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, what was your favorite TV show to watch growing up? Mm. The A-Team. Oh, Nice. Every day. I mean, I like hustled to get to the A-team. I, I like mean, it. whatever it took, that was going to be my show. Yeah. I mean, younger, it was probably Full House, honestly. Yeah. It was like early on. Yeah, that's true. That was like the classic after school. But see, that's another one. I don't really know the words, but like I can hold on to. That's how it is. <laughs> That's hey, exactly you. I don't sound like that. It's much better. It's much better. Is it like the Swedish chef singing it? It's like a herny her herny her. That's you. That's totally it. I love it. Okay, it's fantastic. Okay, this is my last question. This is the question that I ask all of my guests, and that is, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's a it's an interesting question. I in working with so many people that are trying to do this, one thing I've realized um, consistently is that the work that you're doing oftentimes coincides with your own personal story. I've seen a lot of people that try to run businesses that are purpose-minded, but they're doing it outside of their personal story and they quit very quickly. Yeah. And so for me in leading my business, like this is part of my journey that I get to share with other people. And when I see that in other people, um, that encourages me. When I see their story and the work that they're doing, it lines up magically in some yeah. way. And um, so, yeah, doing it on purpose is, is kind of tapping into what you're designed uniquely to do. And it's oftentimes part of your past story and you're serving it to other people in some some unique way. Mm. 
That is fantastic. Andre and Jeff, this was so much fun. I absolutely loved having you on the show. Thank you for taking time out of what I know is a, you know, very cliche thing to say, but crazy busy time. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, Truly, truly. uh, It was a a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much. Okay, friend, I would love to know what you loved about this episode or if there was something that you learned. If you do, let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And don't forget to use that hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast. Another thank you to our partners of the show, Simple Switch. Use code Purchase with Purpose for 20% off your first order. The Lemonade Boutique. Use code Purpose15 for 15% off at checkout. Amas Uma, go to shopwithmolly.com and use the code MOLLYHOLIDAYS for 20% off from now through Christmas. And GoX Apparel, go to goexapparel.com forward slash Molly Stillman and use the code PODCAST20 to snag your exclusive business with purpose tea and more. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first time listener, welcome. Be sure to check out the archives for past shows featuring incredible people who are changing the world with their businesses. And if you're one of my regulars, thank you so much for tuning in week in and week out. And thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, or wherever you listen to podcasts and click that subscribe button, which helps to make sure that you never miss a new episode of the pod. And while you're there, would you take a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. This show is produced by the incredible team at Third Wheel Media. Thanks so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose.